0: Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we have a guest. It is the Reverend Pastor Ritter, and I'm very excited. He was the interim pastor here at Holy Cross, so I'm very excited to have him back with us with Holy Cross, and we get to discuss Scripture and the fun of this coming text. So, welcome, Pastor Ritter. Thank you, Pastor Wright.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. It's I'm always happy to come back to Holy Cross. I loved my time here. I love the people here. You and I have become friends, and I count that as a great blessing. Um, I'm serving right now at Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Mount Olive and Faith Lutheran in Litchfield, Illinois, a two-point parish, and that's uh, going quite well. Um, kids are grown. They're doing well. Um, otherwise, it's— uh, I'm a regular listener to your podcast. I'm a frequent viewer of your live stream. I like to compare what you do on the podcast to what you end up preaching on Sunday. Sometimes they're online, sometimes they're not. Sometimes you don't preach on the text you do in your yeah. podcast. <laughs> but it's always interesting. And as you know, I'm a frequent uh, commenter, either directly to you or onto your email box about what happened in the podcast. And, and that's been a nice uh, interchange between us, too.
0: Oh, absolutely, and I've always appreciated your feedback and the discussions that have come out of that. So, again, I'm very excited, and thank you for making the the trip over here to talk about St. Luke chapter 12, and we're doing the extended. Uh, So, this is for the uh, ninth Sunday after Pentecost, and it's uh, St. Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 40. And um There's a lot going on in this, and we had a wonderful discussion before pushing record, so I I hope we remember what we talked (laughs) about so that we can continue this interesting discussion. So, we got Jesus, and he said to his disciples, this is the continuation of the previous text and the previous text and the previous text. (laughs) Uh, But he is addressing different crowds or people, even though everybody's pretty much still all around. Uh, When he talked about the uh, rich man and uh, building bigger barns, that was for everybody. Now he's talking to the disciples, who so happen to be with the crowd, but it's a narrow focus. And he's talking about don't be anxious. Don't worry about the things of this life, which I think is really interesting. Because, again, coming off of the parable of the rich man, and where did this rich man put his trust in his stuff? I'm going to tell my soul, relax, eat, drink, be merry, because I've taken care. I, I got, I'm got. i good. I don't have to worry about anything. I don't have to be anxious about anything because I took care of it. And Jesus flat out tells the disciples. Don't be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, about your body, what you put on. Uh, your life is more than food, your body's more than clothing. And I thought it was very interesting in our discussion before we push record. You kept bringing up ravens and, and the whole idea that they're scavenger birds. And Jesus uses ravens as an example. Even the ravens, they do not sow nor reap. They don't have storehouses, but God feeds them. I think that was really interesting. And we'll, we'll talk more about that. But we see that everything from verses 22 through 34 is all about our earthly life, the stuff we have, and not to be anxious about it. I mean, the simple things as body being, uh, you know, feeding and clothing to the things we're going to do, the things that are going to happen. Do not be anxious about your life. So, Pastor Ritter, the first thing, I will be very open and make a confession that uh, with family, with children, with work, with life in general, how can Jesus say, don't be anxious? I got things to take care of. I got things to worry about. Um, Not plain politics, inflation, gas prices, you know, all these things. Those things have caused me some worry. How do I deal with not being anxious in the sense of what Jesus is talking about. Does Jesus not understand, I have to do stuff? Well,
1: as we talked about earlier, it in its narrowest sense, just reading a few verses here, it almost sounds like, relax, take it easy, put your feet up. The birds don't do anything. Yeah. The flowers don't do anything. God takes care of them. He'll take care of you too. Which I think we know he's not really telling us that we can do nothing. Right. But he is telling us that he's got us, that he takes care of us. I think—we didn't talk about this, but it occurred to me that in the in the extension of the Lord's Prayer, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, mm-hmm. the early church showed some wisdom in tacking that on, not just because it makes a nice ending, yeah. but because it reminds us that the God we pray to is in charge, mm-hmm. does have the power, does have the wisdom— to answer those prayers, not necessarily what we want, but Mm. truly what we need. And so our trust can be in Him so that we don't have to be anxious about those
0: earthly things. So I really like what you just did there, because now you move the focus on the things that I think are important. Feeding my family, clothing my family, sheltering my family. Those are important, There are gifts from God, and I get to be a steward to take care of them. But I like what you said. You never took that responsibility away from me. You put that in the perspective of what I have in God. And I can't tell you how freeing that actually becomes because will bills come? Yes. But what's more important? And again, it's not, I have salvation. I can kick my feet up, and I don't have to do anything. God will will write the checks, put it in the mail— Um, You know, when the bill collector calls, I prayed, God will take care of it. As nice as an answer that would be, that doesn't work. And I I really like how you kind of, you change the focus of where is my trust? Where is my faith? Is it in the things that I'm doing, the earthly things? Or is it in the things of heaven, the things that my Father in heaven have given to me in Christ? And this is hard. And the reason I say it's hard is because if I knock on the table, I know what that feels like. I know what that sounds like. That makes sense to me. Being taken care of outside of my power and control, that gets a little weird because aren't I supposed to take care of myself? And again, going back to the text, life is more than clothing. Life is more than food. Life is more than all the things, the stuff. And I like how you keep saying that, stuff about God. And that's hard. And I'll I'll go back to this only in the sense that it's so easy to get caught up in what do I have to do? What am I doing for my benefit or even for the benefit of my family? And and I, I think it's interesting, anxious, worry. Who is at the center of my anxious concerns? Who's at the center of my worry? comes back to me, and, and I know who I am. I, I'm a weak sinner, and I can't do anything about that. And so I, I appreciate that, that that change of focus. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think you know there's some some wisdom in the uh, graphologists who made the word anxiety with the letter I in the center. Yeah, right. Anxiety means I got to take care of it. Yeah, and I'm not sure I'm able. I'm not sure I have enough. Whatever. That makes me worried, concerned, anxious, afraid, distracted, connecting back to Mary and Martha. And, and here Jesus has, especially that disciple group, don't focus on that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Focus on God. And in, in keeping God first, everything else falls into place. Right. Seek first the kingdom doesn't mean don't sink the other stuff. Just keep the priorities. You know, I, think, I think this whole text deals with a focus problem. I'm too busy focused on my belly button and not busy focusing, <laughs> focusing enough on
0: God. No, I, I really like that because at the end of the day, it becomes a first commandment issue. Okay. Who's your God? Who are you putting your faith in? Who are you putting your trust in? And I, I like that because, well, I actually, I, I do want to be God. And that, that's a, and if I could really do the first commandment, everything else would really work itself out naturally. And at the same time, we can't get stuck on that. And I, I think that's interesting, too. We need to recognize the law. We, we need to recognize our, our sinfulness in this because our anxiousness—and I like that you brought up uh, Martha and Mary—because with Martha doing all the serving, look, Jesus, she's not doing anything. And what was her focus on? It's good to serve. We are called as Christians to go forth and serve our neighbor. But when that becomes the focus, when that becomes the reason, well, we've lost Christ. We've lost God. We've lost salvation. We've lost faith because now it's, I have faith in my work. Look at my good works, God. Look at my good stuff. And in the, the event of Martha and Mary, Jesus refocuses Martha. He doesn't say your serving's bad. Stop it. What are you focused on? What are you distracted? Are you actually hearing what I'm saying? Or are you worried about what you're putting on the table, What what's not clean or is clean? And I think that's interesting. And the applications to that for our daily life is really interesting.
1: Yeah, And even we in worship, what distracts us? Yeah. You know? Are we worried about what's for lunch? Are we worried about getting somewhere on time? Or, you know, our focus is in lots of places other than where it should be, and you know, Jesus might say to us, you know, don't be those, don't be so distracted, right? right? Keep, you know, keep the first thing the first thing.
0: No, I, and and I like that, and I, and I like the simplicity of that, and, and because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> That's always, I wish those were correlated together. Because, um, again, for verses 22 through 34, it's all about the bigness of what God has for you. Don't worry. I have this. And I, I liked your, your statement, again, before we push record. You're in. The Father has chosen you. And I, I love that Because now it's, you have the kingdom of God. You have the immensity. I I love the word lavish. God's love is lavished upon you. Those are great comforting words. But then it stops. And I don't mean the comfort of God stops. But when you go into the extended part of, of the text, verse 35, the focus changes. Only in the sense of uh, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, and I like what you said earlier, you know God is like, in essence saying, "Relaxed, I got you." Now get up and do something. How can Jesus say these two things without pitting them against each other? How can He say, "I got you covered. Now go forth and do. Go forth and act, Go forth and be." Yeah, I
1: think uh, you skipped over it maybe not intentionally, but it's, you know, have no fear, little flock. Yeah. Right? And I think the connection to us being sheep and him being the good shepherd mm-hmm. and all that comes with that from Psalm 23 and John 10 and all those great good shepherd passages. And what do sheep do? They graze. They follow. They ba. They just do it because that's what sheep do. Yeah. And why do they do that? Well, because they're in the care of their shepherd. They don't have to worry about eating all the grass in this field. They're just sheep. But maybe they know that their good shepherd tomorrow will lead them to the new green pasture. Yeah. Right? Have no fear. The Father has brought us into his kingdom. I don't have to worry or be anxious about today. He gives me this day's daily bread Mm -hmm. so that I can get up and do the things He's called me to do, some of which are taking care of my needs and the needs of my family. But again, this, this, this passage is about keeping our focus, our priorities in the right place, being who God has called us to be. If He's chosen us to be in... What does being in mean? Mm-hmm. And in the extension of this text, the, the last several verses means you're ready to serve. You're dressed and ready to go. You're you're not falling asleep at the switch. You're you know you're you're being the sheep, the people God has called you to be, chosen you to be.
0: No, I I love that because um, we have what is it, Saint Matthew twenty four twenty five. Um, where Jesus talks about the end times and gathering the sheep and the goats. And then he talks to the righteous and the unrighteous. Um, To the righteous, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, when I was um, in prison, when I was sick, you served me. And then they asked the greatest question. Jesus, when did we see you do this? When did we do this? When you did this for the least of the brothers. When you did it because that's who you are. You're you're the righteous because of me. You just did it. You didn't question. You didn't ask. You didn't, hey, does this count for appeasing God's law? And then you got the, the unrighteous. The same question. You know, you didn't serve me. Jesus, when did we see you? You didn't do it for anybody because that's who you are. You're the people who don't serve. You're the people who don't do these things. And so I like that identity, especially with the the sheep aspect. We are the people of the kingdom of God. We're baptized. Go forth. And that first statement, stay dressed for action and keep your lamp burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home or come from the wedding feast. You have been clothed in Christ's righteousness. Righteousness. He has put his name on you. You call yourself baptized and Christian. Go be baptized out in the world. Go be a Christian out in the world. And this is never to check off, look, I helped the nice old lady across the street. Mm -hmm. Jesus will love me more. These things become the natural instincts, the natural things that flow from what has been given to you. And I I love this because— it actually does, and you're you're anxious with the I in the middle. It removes that, because it's not me. It's me in Christ, Christ in me, and it's not a participation, and it's not a cooperation. It's His work in and on me, which really gets exciting, because now we turn around and say, what will God do with me? In a positive, not in a fear and quaking, I deserve death, what will God do with me?
1: Yeah, the—, the... I think in that Matthew 25 passage, the sheep don't know yeah, because they do it so naturally. Right. Like do, you know, does a fish think, of, think about swimming? It's part of a fish's nature to swim. Yeah. And it's part of a Christian's nature to serve, to love, to care, to forgive, to worship, you know, to pray.
0: So, in this text, and again, one of the things that Pastor Ritter— does to me in the emails and the phone conversation the text. He always says, did you see the bigger picture? And and, and to be fair, when I see the text, I I get very narrow. What is the text talking about? And when you say say that, it's always, oh, there's so much more to talk about, and I missed it. So, bigger picture. Um, Again, Jesus is talking to the disciples. And the first bigger picture that I think is really neat about this is he's preparing these disciples for his death, His resurrection, and then His ascension, because now it's going to be on these guys to really go to the ends of the earth, spreading and proclaiming God's Word. And I like what you said. I really do. Keeping the first thing first. Don't worry about all this stuff. You have the Word. Go live it by telling other people, by being the church, being the Christians, being baptized, so on and so forth. And I really like that because we're actually the result of the 72, the the 12, their their missionary work. We're the result of it, some two thousand years later. So, bigger picture now, how is the individual Christian supposed to look at this without? This, I'm guilty of this. Looking at other people, yeah, you should be dressed and working and doing this. How do we actually apply this to our our faith and trust in Christ, not only in worship but daily life? Well, I, I think some
1: of that comes out of that that context, that bigger picture you were talking about. Jesus is warning the disciples and the larger crowd who are following him, you know, beware the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And, and some of that is a persecution warning, right? He's, he's, the, he's on the way to, the, to Jerusalem, to the cross, to his death, resurrection, ascension, all of that. And, in, and behind that, of course, are the, the Pharisees and all the people plotting against him and eventually plotting against the disciples and even plotting against the Christian church. And in the midst of all that, he tells us, don't worry, fear not. You're in the kingdom. Now, since you're in the kingdom, be ready to be a kingdom dude. Be ready to do kingdom stuff. I like that. Right? Be be a sheep. Right? Um, be an ambassador. Be a, a kingdom warrior almost. Yeah. That... If I don't have to worry about me being in, that frees me to be concerned about my neighbor Mm -hmm. being in. If I don't have to worry about, well, I better build a bigger barn for my stuff. Well, if I give my extra stuff to my neighbor who's in need, I don't need the bigger barn. And I'm free to do that because God's got me. He's going to take care of me. doesn't mean I can be free. Frivolent or careless, right? Because he's made me a steward, but those who have been given much, much is expected within the context of being in the kingdom.
0: So I, I, I want you to know that um, my individual, my rugged individual American. Personality, ego, let's go ego, bristles at this right? because I want to consume. I, I, I'm told I need more. I need the bigger whatever. I need the newer whatever. I need the shinier whatever. And I, I, I love how you lay this out. I don't need that. What does my neighbor need? I'm taking care of what is needed Outside of me. And that's so hard. Uh, And again, it's hard just in the simple fact, at the end of the day, it's about me. That's my sinful flesh. That's my sinful nature. That's my old Adam. And um, I remember a professor of mine um, at uh, Fort Wayne, we were talking about baptism and uh, the old Adam versus the new Adam. And he says, when you come out of your baptismal waters as the new Adam, do you know what your primary job is? And, of course, we're all trying to think of, you know, the the most magnificent (laughs) theological thing. You know, oh, you know, serve, love Jesus, you know, all this. He says, no, your primary job is to keep your foot on your old Adam and drown him daily because he's a damn good swimmer. Mm. And I thought that was great because— we're always at war with our sinful nature and our baptized nature, our, our uh, sanctified nature. But I, I really like, you're in the kingdom. Live in the kingdom. That means here and now, and that means forever. And, and the whole uh, now and not yet struggle. And, and that's a good tension, because it's a big tension, and it's all about God and our participation. And I love wrestling with that, because, again— It really moves the focus off of my individualism. It moves the focus off what I'm doing. I've been cared for, and I am taken care of. What do I do now? I live in that freedom for others. And it just opens the door. It really does. Yeah, and I I think
1: Jesus moving this discussion into this end times concerns, Mm -hmm. that judgment is coming, he's coming back, Time is short. And then uh, alongside of that, saying, you know, be ready for when that happens doesn't just mean, well, I'm in, so I'm happy. I can sit in my recliner again. But it as you said, it moves me outside myself to be concerned about neighbor, family, friends, the people Mm -hmm. God puts me in contact
0: with. yeah with that, um, i I jump to the connection of the church. You got individuals connected, but now you have a community. That community now has resources to use. That community now has individuals to use collectively to then do kingdom work, then to proclaim. And I got safety in numbers, and I do mean that sincerely, because now you have protection. Now you have your brothers and sisters serving together. Who else can we bring in? Who else can we invite? Who else can we serve? Who else can we show love? Who else can we bring the gifts of God? And I, I really, this our imagination can run wild on this, and, and only— That's the only thing that limits us to what we can do in the work that Christ has laid before us. And again, with reason, you know, it's the idea that our stuff is given to us to serve, not to sell and be desolate and, oh, yeah, God will take care of me in all my bad decisions. No, we have consequences. And we get to work in that. And God will always do what he knows best. God will always be right in what he does. And at the end of the day, we trust him even in our bad decisions that we make, because it's about what God continues to do in our life for salvation, for the promise of forever.
1: And as you're talking about community, we can hear very faintly behind us Mrs. Zalowski practicing organ. And anybody who knows me from my time here at Holy Cross knows I know absolutely nothing about musical music and have no musical ability at all. Well, does that mean I'm not fit for church work? Well, I hire talented people like Mrs. Zalowski, Mm -hmm. who uses her gifts and abilities to bring beautiful music to our worship service, and I can focus on the things that God has called me to do. You don't have to worry about learning to play the organ, because you have a fine organist here. You can concern your things with what God has called you to do. And— so, he brings us community, each one with different gifts for the common good. Yeah. And all of that common good is to to do what? Not to make get me a better recliner to sit in, but to grow the kingdom.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And... Again, the immensity and the gift of that. And, and we need to hear with this, both uh, from 22 to, to 34, those are imperatives. Jesus is telling us. Do this. Yeah. Don't be anxious. You're being told, don't be anxious. But then on the flip side, be dressed, be ready. Live out your faith. Live out the life that you have in Christ. And, and I love this because they don't, they're not pitted against each other. They go hand in hand. The comfort of life everlasting being secured in Christ, in the life of service on this side of heaven. They're not opposites things. They're not competing things. They're one thing that we get to do, one here, one there, and we get to do this all in Christ.
1: Yeah. The the fear not always brings the Christmas story to all of
0: us, right? Oh, yeah. Right?
1: And what is it? Fear not, I bring you— Good tidings of great joy, because the Savior's coming. Here he says, fear not, the Father has chosen to give you the kingdom. How do you yeah. do that? By sending forth his Son. So all of the fear nots go back to God. Good God's good gifts to us, his undeserving people. And having been, you know, you don't have to tell kids on Christmas morning or in our good German Lutheran tradition, Christmas Eve, go open your gifts. Mm-hmm. Right? They run, they scramble, they tear them open almost faster than you want them to. Yeah. Right? And then they play with them and use them. And maybe if we're lucky, share them with their brothers and
0: sisters. (laughs) Maybe.
1: (laughs) Isn't that what God provides his good gifts to us for? Yeah. To open them, use them, and then share them with those around us, especially those who don't have all that they need.
0: I like that. You've given me a lot to think about, and again, I appreciate our our, our time, and this was a lot of fun. Please know you have an open invitation. If there's a text that you want to wrestle with, uh, you have every opportunity to come back, and thank you very much for, for being our guest. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable. And of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.